everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Over the Bridge Podcast. Um, my name is Bilal, and today, who's here? We've got Patrick. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> Tom. Hello, everyone. Hi. Forget the cutscene we waved. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you waving at me? Such a neat <laughs> And Quaker. Yo, I'm scared of you. And we're also lucky today because we are joined by one of our good friends from university, um, Marielle, who's going to introduce herself. Tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, why you're here. Be grateful. Thank you. Bill. Hi, I'm Marielle. Um, I work both at Galdem as marketing and insights uh, lead, and then also at uh, international advertising agency as a director for EMEA operations. Cool. Can you tell us what Galdem Mm. Yes, so for everyone who doesn't know, Galdem is an online and in-print magazine as well as a creative collective run by women and non-binary people of colour. Our aim is to platform the work of people who have been traditionally underrepresented in the media Mm. and provide a space for people to write and talk and make anything that they want. Cool, man. Sick. We got girl Sick, yeah. Yeah. yeah, larger. Yeah. And just like context, Mary, you went to college together. Yeah, we were at Fitz yes. together. Yeah, we were. <laughs> Our parents locked onto each other as soon as they oh saw like days. another black family. They're like, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> like, Make sure you're friends with her. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even like me and Mario were ops or anything, but we just organically made friends with different groups of people. Yeah. But then like come holidays now and you come home, they're like, oh, so how's Marielle? How's Patrick I'm like, doing? I'm like, I don't know. I, I assume she's good. She's still at uni. I had the same thing with Christy for anyone who's listened to our episode where we have talked about work. Yeah. So me and Christy were in the same college. And I remember day one, my mom just looked and went, she could do your hair. Hilarious. Did she ever her. do your hair? I mean, she, she did. Oh, <laughs> somebody, someone wow. did your hair at uni though. Yeah, Agnes. Oh, Agnes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's not, well, we talk about this. Um, <laughs> what I'd love us, actually, Mario, how's your week been? What's yeah, been man. Uh, it's been a good one. It's been like a really busy one. So um, at Galdon, we're starting to work a little bit more on making money so that we can start paying people consistently in the future, making sure that everyone who contributes to Galdon gets contributed to. <laughs> mm. So it's been cool working on that. Mm. Um, and then on my like actual day job side of things, we've been setting up a diversity task force at the agency, mm. which has been exciting and difficult. I like that term task force. Can I just yeah. ask? Mm. Task. Yeah, just, just Cause you said task. Are you like from the North of England or my, something? Yeah, my mum is. My yeah, mum's from Newcastle. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just hear it in there, you know, yeah. That's it, man. Task yeah. force. I just see like dark glasses and like, Little machine guns. So Do you have just bare advertisers, like yeah, wearing 80s. berets and eighties <laughs> 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 power dressing, just walking yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Is your panel not diverse enough? Execute them. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's gonna take that out of context one day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, do not do not cheat that soundbite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, all laughing is a joke. Like, it's not, yeah. cool. Yeah. That sounds really good, man. Um, I guess for like this episode's gonna be extremely enlightening. I think for me, because I don't really know that much about this topic. But I'd love us to sort of get into talking about the advertising industry, mm. and we'll talk more about the diversity task force. Sounds really cool. Um, but maybe just yeah, tell us like, is the advertising industry diverse like what what is going on there you see that little snigger yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is not <laughs> and you can tell the adverts that come out in this country you can just tell that there are no people of color there are very few lgbtq people there are very few disabled people working in these agencies mm. otherwise the work that comes out wouldn't come out mm. um 
So I don't know if you guys saw the GBK ad that went on Twitter like a couple of days ago. They had this advert that was... Um, Is this Gourmet Burger Kitchen? Yes. Oh, I like that place. But yeah, I know. I like that place, but them. now I can never go back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that bad? Is that bad? That bad. Oh, okay, what? guys, right. get ready. Get Everyone's ready. Get ready. Get comfortable. Get comfortable. No Kanye, no burgers. <laughs> Nothing. So they released an advert which um was to promote their new burger, which is the real Indian, which is like a burger that has some like spices that Please don't tell Indian. me there was beef in it. No, lamb. Okay. But uh so, oh, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. But basically the ad was um someone wearing a big like placard going and standing in front of some of the curry houses on Brick Lane mm. and saying, um, don't go into this shop because this isn't a real Indian. If you want a real Indian, come to GBK. And basically stopping people huh? in the street and saying, like, this isn't don't come to this restaurant. And then when the the members of staff or the chefs who were running these these um, restaurants would come outside and challenge this person in the name of banter. He would like be like, some, oh, like, do you even know how to make a real Indian? Like, these are the spices that you need. This is how to do it. And physically blocking the doors of restaurants. Wow. Mad. What is going on in these? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like the amount of people that would have to sign them off as well. Yeah, exactly. That's a great idea. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people what? are saying yes? So many people, and every single one of them was white for sure. Because like yeah. there was no, there was Come no on. way that any like anyone who was a person of color would look at that and be like, mm, yeah. No, that's, but that's but that's why? But also moronic as well. Like yeah. it's not even like. But wait, wait, like, like you have to be so yeah. blinkered. I don't know. So blinkered. From your privilege that you don't see no, that no, there no, might be an issue. No, no, but wait, wait. I, I agree, I agree. But hold on, hold on. Mm. Think about it this way, mm. right? And then we all know that like sex sells, controversy sells, mm. all this stuff right. sells. Mm. You know? So outrage. think about it. Outrage. Mm. Something so egregious, mm. yeah, that we think no one could have thought about it. It's just, it's like you know, you ever heard the expression, "You're either incredibly clever or you're incredibly stupid." Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Person who did this. As dumb as it sounds, it's actually quite clever. You know why? Mm. And I'd mean clever in kind of inverted commas, yep. right? Mm. Because think about it. It's so egregious. We're talking about it. Yeah. yeah. That's how bad it is. Yeah. Do you know Whether the you thing? Whether like you or not. It's, that's the thing though. But when, when... It's a risk, isn't it? It is. But at the same time, yeah, when you've... When you're trying to advertise something, right? You're making the hope is to translate that into sales. So having just bare people like speaking about your brand, yeah. Mm. If it's for negative reasons, yeah, that's still yeah, yeah. A, I think, a net loss, mm, isn't it? I don't know, Mario. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people in in the advertising industry still think that adage, like you know, any any, any press is good press. Is mm. it's still it's still true, but I think. Surely social media has changed that now. Yeah, like completely. just because people are talking about your brand doesn't mean that it's yeah. gonna correlate to something positive. Yeah. But, yeah, um, in like a really boring sense, some of the work that we do. So I work at a media agency, so we tend to do like the, the numbers and science behind advertising versus the creative stuff. Mm. But the work we do is like sentiment analysis, like seeing if people are talking about your ad, how do they feel about it? Is it negative or positive? Mm. I think that in the case of this ad, they knew that what they were producing was in some way controversial, but because they lack diversity in the room. Mm. They kind of got confused about the difference between like controversy and like causing massive offense. Because mm-hmm. they were like, oh, this is gonna be fun banter. We're gonna like like ruffle some feathers. It's gonna be exciting and everyone's gonna think we're so cheeky. No, people just think that you're this massive corporation picking on like yeah. immigrants small, who are running businesses, yeah. small businesses mm-hmm. in the country. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't work. So just like, for, so I'm not too sure. In my head, I've got just got this like, 
this image of just a boardroom full of white men sitting around and then that's, and then they just go very yep. waspy. Very that's waspy. How the, yes. That's how we do. This is an advert. It's like a nest full of honey, you know, wasp, wasp very waspy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just confused by that. White, white Anglo-Saxon. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not really a term that we use in the UK. It's that more of a US thing. Right. But oh, okay. I, I like the term to be you honest. Didn't know or you one. could say no. old, male, pale and stale. I've heard that one. Mm, I've heard yeah. that one too. Mm. That's nice. So what happens, like, is that what, is that literally how adverts are made? So, <laughs> yeah, so like, in, so there are two sides of the, of like two big sides of the industry. You have the creative guys and then you yeah. have the media guys. Yeah. Um, and the creative agencies will work either with like um, contracted talent or in their own in-house studios. And they w- it will literally be one room of people who's been selected to work on one brand. And that's why these ideas can get so far before mm. anyone set, steps in and says, mm. stop it. Because the industry is very like nepotistic. It is mm. full of people who have hired their friends or their kids or whoever. So of course they're gonna continue to perpetuate the type of humor and the type of sensibilities that they have. Mm. Um, and it is one of the, it's a massive problem because advertising is so prevalent in society. It's like a yeah. massive part of every single person's day. Yeah. Yeah. You can't walk down the street without being no. marketed to, advertised mm. to. I saw something like we literally see in adverts all day, every day. Yeah. Like, but you know, yeah. someone, someone was telling me that um, maybe more on the, because I'm, I'm more of a numbers person, so I'm interested more in the way people people think about how you do adverts. Someone was telling me um, about, you know, the, the Nike advert with Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Someone said that Nike had to basically... Re, or the, the people in, in charge of that but really had to do some kind of real metric analysis and say, who are our key customers? Mm. What's the downside of doing this advert? Because they know there was going to be some outrage. Yeah. Of course. And they worked out and they said, actually, while there's downside, there isn't actually that much downside in comparison to people who actually buy Nikes. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they said, well, run with the program. And it's another thing that reminds me as well was, um, I don't know if you, you saw it. So I think, I don't know if it was this year, but there was a brand in America that... Um, I think it was Ram, which is under Fiat Chrysler, mm. did an advert, but the 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 um the narration in the background is actually Martin Luther King doing a I have a dream speech mm. and talking about the hard work and American values of Ram because it's a it's a culture, right? Yeah. It's like buying a Ford F two fifty or a Chevy Silverado or whatever. It's like a, these pickup trucks and and there was outrage and they were like, We're just talking about hard American values and the pickup truck is something which you associate with and they got it completely wrong. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if I'm if I'm correct in guessing this, but is it a case that they do this kind of upside downside analysis? What's the downside? Who are we going to lose? But what is there to gain? Yeah, is that how it works? If you have, if you are a big and smart enough brand like Nike, then yes, you will do that, and they completely have done that analysis. So they, when Copernic first started doing his um, kneeling protest, one of the major things that Nike, which is a brand that my agency handles, noticed was that they had a massive upsurge in sales for his particular jerseys. Mm. So they already knew that, like, yeah. that, that mm. he was mm. like a key person for their for their audience and their mm. demographic. But there is a massive amount of research that goes into selecting talent from the creative side. And then also like, how do we distribute that ad once we've made it on, mm. the, on the media side? So there is so much research that goes into it. Because if you think it's a, the industry is huge. It's like billions of dollars being spent every mm. year on this stuff. Mm. People have to be really careful. But the problem is, is 
if you're if you're all the same person, you all have the same views. Maybe. You can't really spot the errors. Before. Who, who remembers <laughs> that Pepsi advert? With oh, my oh, oh, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Okay, oh I have to do a quick God. shout out if anyone hasn't seen this ad. Just go, go on Galdem, okay? Galdem, Galdem, <laughs> <laughs> and look up Paula Akpan's article because it's hilarious and it lays out exactly what was wrong. Oh, I need to with read that. I need to read that. that was like. <laughs> That was really I remember funny. that is you know like you have like key moments that happen in a decade. Think, like, <laughs> what was going on? Yes. Like I feel yes. like you know when you get to like nine, uh, 2019 and it's like you know on that on on uh, New Year's Eve you have those TV shows like, yeah, 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 yeah. that will definitely be in there because it was one of those moments when it's like is is the simulation broken? What is happening? Like it was atrocious. Oh, oh my days! Even by like. But that was like a big brand. So yeah. Yeah. A big brand. There yeah. must have been just, a few I, black people. Someone in there. must have been. In, <laughs> well, there was the, the, even the, even the black people in the, in the ads. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Are you, All right, why my favorite, my favorite bit, my favorite bit is when um, Kendall takes off her wig in front of, and hands it to a black woman. I was like, hold this. I'm gonna march for like equality or whatever. Like, uh, surely someone on set must have been like, I guess everybody was about their money that way. Yeah, yeah, man. Get it, it, blows it, live, it blows my but, mind that this yeah, is happening. Boy. But um, yeah, man. Uh, decolonize. We need to we need to decolonize these spaces, yeah. I always say, because so, you avoid nonsense like that. And, and just personally speaking, I, like from a fairly reliable source, when that whole Pepsi thing shook them up. Mm. It shook them up because mm. they really thought they was doing something and they <laughs> obviously were not. So uh, yeah, I can't really go into too much detail, but that whole- You're smiling so much. It man. was, yeah, it shook them up. Some it shook, that's, all I, that's all I'll say. Because um, yeah, yeah, I, so yeah on that's what I say. On that, you're obviously, Marielle, doing a lot of work to tackle this with a task force. Yeah, task force. Tell us, task force. <laughs> Tell us more about like what that work is because that's really cool. So loads of agencies are starting to pick up on this, mostly because like they've had their wrists slap and they've seen mm. that they've they've messed up in some way. So um, Ogilvy, which is an amazing uh, creative agency, have launched um, a group called Ogilvy Roots, and now we're rolling that out across all of the agencies that are interested. So mine is called Mindshare Roots. There's a WaveMaker Roots. We're just going to be Roots everywhere, and the aim is to get the people of colour in the agency and the white people who want to be involved to come together and start to see what are the actual problems we have here. Um, is it a case of like employing people, like actually recruiting people? Is it a case of retaining them? Is it a case of um, the structure of the agency? Like, mm. do we need to put some actual structural change in place to make sure that people feel represented? Mm. And then it's also just talking about it because it people don't talk about race. They get scared about talking about race and they don't mm. want to. What about the other intersections? Like disability and yeah. gender and sexuality? Like, are they scared to talk about those things as well? Or? I feel like for disability, I think definitely. I think sexuality and gender, there has been a bit of an awakening the last like 10 years or so where people do feel a bit more comfortable to talk about them, but there's still so much work to be done. Mm. Um, we tend to have all of the different diversity metrics in air quotes um represented through different work i really am a big proponent of intersectional organizations mm. but you do need to have a focus yeah. and mm. i've noticed like there is a tendency amongst um, organizations when they're talking about diversity and inclusion to just focus on gender yeah. and be like okay we're gonna get more <laughs> women in the room mm -hmm. and that's fine but those women might be racist so yeah. <laughs> we need to do yeah. something yeah. else yeah. that's yeah. true i've got a similar yeah. uh 
situation with the work I do where we have a lot of partners, um, kind of big full firms and investment banks and what have you. And yeah, literally the, the main focus with diversity has been getting more women in into like finance and these different industries. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, rarely ever focus on race and yeah. sexuality mm-hmm. and, and anything like that. When, when, when the discussion is about getting more women in, I'm assuming that it's just like, you know, as long as we get women, it doesn't matter that they're all white. Is that, mm. is that yeah. the mentality? I mean, they're not measuring like, okay, she's a woman and she's also black or she's also Pakistani. Yeah. So she, she's, a she's a woman? Okay, we're good. Boom, tick the box. Yep. Yeah. Okay, mad. Well, it's not mad. Like, it's expected. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, I think in their eyes, in the case of if the system ain't broke, don't fix it. And for mm. them, mm. It, in their eyes, the system ain't broke. It's working for them. Now they just have to um, just make a couple of accommodations and then they've done their job. But, yeah. Okay, so obviously there have been things like the Pepsi ad and stuff, but it's yeah. not all bad, right? Um, I think, well, I don't know. Mario, you used to go on. Yeah, you're the expert. So I've yeah, had man. all of, so I've had, so mm. the Pepsi ad obviously shook everyone up. And that's, I think, why people are thinking, oh, actually, maybe the system is broken. We do need to fix it because we don't want to be the ones caught out for making the next Pepsi ad. But I do worry that this that this year's heavy focus on race and inclusion and making things work properly is very surface level. But I tell you, I told, I keep telling you, man, top of psychoactivity, bruv. This is top of, I'm, t- I'm telling you, this is top of psychoactivity, bruv. You said this actually, yeah, when we were talking about the, the you, Nike bruv. advert. I'm, t- mm. I'm telling you, black representation. Listen, yeah. as soon as the cycle turns or sentiment turns, yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. I keep yeah. telling you, this is top, this is top psychoactivity, bruv. Anyway. But Mario, in your, in your opinion, do you think that um, instead of it being just sort of top cycle, Top cycle. Top cycle. Top of the cycle. Top, oh, top of the cycle. That's what you're saying. Sorry, my bad. I, I understood what you meant, but I didn't. You know, like when you hear words yeah. from your parents, you're like, what are they saying? So I was getting happy. You know it. Top, top, top of cycle. Top of cycle. Active. Do you reckon it will ever evolve from being just this thing where it's like, you know, top of, top of the cycle activity to this is fundamental to what we do? I think so, but I think it is a long way coming. Um, yeah. One of the things that I'm trying to work really hard on is develop a system of um, audience measurement that looks and segments people by race. Yeah. So frustratingly, this is this is going to make me sound like the devil, but <laughs> what I'm trying to do Whoa. is organise some research projects that show the disposable income and the amount of income that is held in people of colour communities mm. and the purchasing habits of these people. Because at the moment we have these surveys and they apply to the broad population, but when people of colour are relatively underrepresented in some parts of the country that data is going to be skewed and you can't use it Mm. um and big brands as much as they may want the pr of doing something cool and doing something inclusive they're not going to change anything unless there's money in it for them and we kind of have to prove that there is a massive amount of money Mm. that sits in the pockets of people of color and i know that that's a horrible way to go about it but but sometimes you do kind of have to you yeah. ha- kind of have to play a little bit of their game to start people realizing that they're doing something wrong, and that there is, there is as well as a moral prerogative to change. Yeah. There yeah. is a financial one because mm-hmm. you people, black people are going to stop buying your stuff if you keep producing stuff that offends us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the expression? Yeah. Money talks and bullshit walks. Yeah, there I mean, go. like I don't think You've there's got so many expressions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That's it. He's a wise. He's a wise uncle. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you. But like, when you think about it, like, obviously, um, the moral argument has appealed to, you know, people 
hegemonic structures in the past, but it's normally a financial economic one that, mm-hmm. yeah. that actually pushes the- Why did the it end the slave trade? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It wasn't suddenly because, you know, we won't get into that. Shout out, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Styles P, Jadakiss, Sheik Luch, and maybe Puff as well. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. <laughs> it's, all, <laughs> it's all about the Benjamins. And Lil Kim as well, it's all about the Benjamins. You've come like in a completely different mood today. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the Do you know what? He's sat in his, his favorite armchair. Game. Yeah, I got the armchair back on. Oh, he's so happy. Hey, listen, Tom, man. if I had known that you this, this meant so much to you, I would have given up that armchair a long time ago. Just for listeners, right, who might be new, um, basically, Tom used to sit in the chair that he's sitting in now, and Patrick stole his chair, and he's been pissed for the last. I ain't been pissed for the whole no, season. No, no, for the whole season. No, no, no. It's changed your behavior no, slightly. It really to has. be fair to Pat, he's always come in substantially earlier than I have. And, you know, fair is fair. If you see, he sits in, I'm not going to sit, it's not, it's not oh, my chair. So you're welcome to come and sit. Oh, okay. Anyway, let's, let's not focus on your arm chair. It's all about the Benjamin. In the sense of advertising, right? I went to see um, Jaguar Land Rover. People who know, you know, I look at cars for a living. So I went to go and see Jaguar Land Rover, right? They used to spend a lot of money on advertising. In our space, we call it incentive spending because, you know, it costs money to drive, you know, as much as it costs to drive a BMW, it costs a lot of money to push it out because what's the difference between you driving a BMW, Mercedes-Benz or an Audi? Mm. Until you've decided, not much. Yeah, yeah. You know, once you've decided, it's different because you Mm. don't really see people going from BMW to Audi or Mercedes, you you stay there. So there's a a massive amount of money you spend, particularly in those who are young. Mm. Because once I've got you hooked on driving a one series, you'll drive a three, five, six, seven, eight, if I get you a C, you'll drive a uh, E, D, S. No, it's not a D class. It's a D class, but anyway, but you drive all of that stuff. Now, Jaguar and Lamarover said, we spend so much money on incentive spending. They bought their advertising um, agency in-house and they were like, they said, we don't, we don't, they said there's a disconnect between what the, the agencies can do for us and what we can do ourselves. Mm-hmm. We know what we want as a brand. We know the, the the people we want to reach out to. So let's skip out the middleman and let's do our thing. So they actually bought their own, they, ha- they created their own advertising agency mm. and basically bought it. And now they do their own marketing. They don't mm. pay anyone mm. else to go and do mm. it. So, so. I'm kind of, that's cool. I'm kind of like still stuck on like what Mario, what you were talking about, about like the data mm. um, and how we can use that data. Yeah. What do we hope will change? In the short term, it will be a case of producing work that speaks specifically to people of colour and is made to exist in our lives without being like jarring or insulting or anything. Mm. In the long term, I think it is making it really clear that people of colour have been an incredibly important part of our economy Mm. um, and continue to be so. And representation at the moment is not about, excuse me, is not about making us feel better or making us feel like part of the party. Mm. It's like absolutely essential Mm. (laughs) we we're part of this country we need to be Mm. part of its industries we need to be part of the culture it produces and as as sad as it is for for lots of people who hate capitalism which is me despite working in advertising advertising is a huge media form and it it is massively important like Mm. these huge cultural moments come from ads and they are a huge part of our everyday so Mm. to to have all of this culture being produced by like you said male pale stale guys Mm is ridiculous. That's mm. not what our society is. At this can I ask a question? Mm. Um, with, I don't know, at least from my observation, observ- observations, it seems like um, 
um, obviously there's a lot of advertising has moved towards like influencer marketing and people doing like YouTube mm. reviews and stuff like that. How do you think that might change, um, I guess, the approach that companies take in order to have more diverse consumers? I think like 100% it, will, it has changed things already from like a... From like a money point of view, it's made advertisers recognise that what's important is not necessarily the number of ads that you have out there or like, you know, just spamming everyone with online ads or getting huge billboards, but having people interact with you as a mm. brand. Mm. And I think that's what influencer marketing does really well. It's yep. making people realise that you have to have engagement, you have to have conversations with people mm. to make them want to invest in you. And to have that conversation, you need to be relevant and to be relevant you can't be offensive. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So it's, it's less about the number of people that see your product and more about the quality and the, and the experience they have. Of with, that experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. exactly. Yeah. It makes me think of the, no, it's not influencer marketing, but you know, the John Lewis effort at Christmas. Yes, exactly. It's Stuff the, like that. It's the prime example. Yeah. 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 One, I don't, I don't know when John advert, John yeah. Lewis do adverts, but you know they do it at Christmas. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And even if you don't see it on the telly because they have tiny telly spend, then you're going to mm. go out and look for it on YouTube and you're going to yeah. like hunt mm. that brand down. And mm. it's, yeah. That that is true. That's yep. true. Yeah. I was just going to ask, like, um, what has been your favorite sort of like marketing campaign? This that was year? exactly what no. I was going to ask. Are <laughs> you allowed mad. to tell us? For the first yeah. time, me and you had like the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is weird, man. I'm I need my going seat back. To, I'm going to be awful and I'm going to plug <laughs> ourselves. <Yeah>. Okay. Gaudem. <laughs> we did a collab with Glossier, which is a makeup company. Um, uh, they are really cool. They do loads of inclusive beauty mm. products and they um, have worked really well with us on a campaign in our print edition. So nice. our print edition is called Secrets and it's all about the secrets that women of colour and non-binary people of colour um, keep, why we keep them, mm. like when you expose them, etc. Mm. Um, and they did a campaign with us that really played along with what we were doing. They weren't interested in kind of stamping their name all over everything. They wanted to work with mm. us. And I think those are the best ones is when a brand stands up and is like... Mm okay, we're not going to like force this down your throat. We're going to say, what do you want to do? How yeah. do you want to work? Mm -hmm. um, so, in, in terms of mainstream ones though. I was just going to ask, what was the output of the marketing campaign? So was it like, was it? So they took over some of the pages in our print edition, but yeah. they also produced a video with us. Okay, cool. I don't know if any of you guys are Mean Girls fans. Uh, I like yeah, yeah, you like yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Slightly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What's the one that had the rep? The guy that had the Oh, yeah, the maths guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the mathlete. Yeah. Something, his name was like something G something or something. G. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. No, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, um, a quote in the film, a quotation from the film that is, well, man, um, her, her, her hair is so big because it's full of full secrets. Of secrets yeah. yeah. And then they did like, we did a really cool video campaign with them, which that's was cool. loads of women wearing mm. their hair natural, like big, big, oh, big hair. Cool. And it was mm. like, playing in with the idea of our magazine being all about secrets. Yeah. And then, you know, the products you That's can use sick. with Glossier. So yeah. we can check, can we find that on YouTube? On, you can find it on our Instagram okay. and you can also purchase a copy of the Galdem mag and see all of the lovely photography in there as well. Yeah, man. Cool. Mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> Did you them? bring some today? Mm. No. You flop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've had a busy day. I'll post you. Like, just naturally move into... <laughs> Like, tell us about some of the work that's happening at Gaudem. Ah, yeah. So, um, online, we have like a, we have our website, which is updated pretty much daily. 
um, and it's run by a core team of about 12 editors. Mm. Um, We have sections for news, politics, arts and culture, music, lifestyle and opinion. Um, And lots of the work is submission based. So rather than going out and asking people to write for us, Mm. we see what people pitch in and Mm. we work with them to like hone the article, edit it. That's cool. That's really um, cool. And then put it up. Um, We also have a team of amazing artists who all illustrate for the site. So most of the work on there, because, because we're all volunteer run, we don't have huge amounts of money to spend on like image licensing. Mm-hmm. So we work with up and coming artists to produce mm. the graphics for the site and Ooh. to produce illustrations, mm. which is really cool because it means that firstly, our site looks incredible and we have all this amazing mm. art up mm. there. But also the team of illustrators changes quite often sure. because people are getting exposure. They're getting to test themselves. Mm-hmm. They're getting yeah, to work yeah. to type mm. briefs, turn things over really quickly. These artists who like, you know, maybe, maybe it would have taken like a couple of years to get used to this briefing structure and now doing it in like a week. And they are so talented. Yeah. The work is just beautiful. Build a little portfolio That's and everything yeah. as well. Yeah. Gaudan yeah. grown so quick. Yeah. I know, yeah. but I think it's testament to like the fact that, that it was so needed. Yeah. 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 Like as much as that it has been, you know, like, like a lot, a lot of effort and tears and sweat has gone into this mm. project. It's been possible because it's so needed. Like, yeah. You know, you get these emails from people who are like, my daughter wants to be a journalist mm. and she like goes on the site and she reads all this stuff and she sees herself reflected in the mm, work that's, that's and brilliant. it means like yeah it kind of it does tug on your heartstrings a lot because you realize okay this is taking up my lunch break and after work and my weekends it's it's hard but then you see actually it's so worth it yeah you can do so much it's beautiful mm. i had a, another question mm. um so you you guys at garden you have a a digital and print version, right? Yes. Yeah. So with, um, I don't know, I guess the last 10 or however so years, there's always been the talk about print um, media dying, mm. right? Yeah. So what made you, I mean, considering that it's still quite a young and, and um, organisation, mm. made you decide, okay, we need to have a print version as well? I think because as much as people will say print is dying and everyone's going online, print is like, it's like an archive. It's like a record yeah. of what you've done. It's like a physical object. <clears throat> um and it's it's really powerful to like have this like physical document that has been constructed by like the first one was like nearly a hundred women who had worked on it, yeah. women and non-binary people. It was amazing. And um having this kind of record, we produce our print edition annually. Mm. Having this record of the year that's gone is it first of all, it's like emotionally and personally quite a powerful thing. Mm. But then I think in terms of making our mark on the media industry, it's really important. Like we've had our work held by the Tate um, ICA and it's having this document that you can take to an institution and be Mm, like, we're here now, like you have to pay attention. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really cool. And it just kind of reminds me of like, because there was a culture where people used to collect magazines. Mm. At least in the UK, it was like Rewind Magazine and like mm, yeah. there's a few others as well where you can like pick up from like barbershops and like um, certain outlets and stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that it seems like that kind of died back. I can, I can see that it's still a viable thing where people can say, okay, cool, yeah. I got this issue. And um, yeah, I feel man, like it's, it's, cool. it's like art to me, like the different issues of like magazines and stuff that you have from different publications. Because mm-hmm. in my house, we got like loads of like different magazines, like we collect magazines and it's, yeah, it's just nice to have it mm-hmm. there. Like I, for me, I almost treat it as like, yeah, it's like artistic. I mean, you can leaf through them if you want, mm-hmm. but like they all sit on our coffee table or we have like our shelves are like just full of like, like cool magazines, like yeah. Vogue. I think, I think it's Bizarre, so like, cool to like, 
have a physical copy yeah, yeah. of something yeah. that was designed mm. by people who look like you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's mm. also true. And that's mm. the, like, the wonderful thing is I think like with with some of the print edition magazines that are still going strong, mm. it's so intimidating. Like you look at it and it's full of big brands and big names and it's so glossy and shiny. You're like, oh my gosh, I could never make this. Mm. But with Gaudam, you're leafing through and you're reading stories that like you could have told. Yeah. Um, mm. And you're seeing art by women who are like the same age as you or yeah. people who have mm. done this, had the same lifestyle as you. And it makes you realize you know this world is not alien and it's so open to you if you want to yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah does that like inform your i guess your day job yeah i didn't want it to to mm. be real like i wanted to keep the two worlds really separate because mm. i thought okay this is the advertising world is where i'm going to like make my career make my family really proud i'm gonna earn my money and it's gonna be good and then i will go to Gaudem and i will mm. do my work there but but seeing some of the problems that have cropped up in the advertising industry or at least I've been made aware of over the last couple of years, it's made me realise actually these two worlds are so intertwined yeah. and and all of the work that I've got impassioned with from Galdem, I've wanted to take into, into advertising and all of the skills that I've got from advertising, I've wanted to take into Galdem. That's so, cool. Mm. Yeah, they are very tied together at the moment. Cool. Too uh, much time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's mad. Like, this is it's just so interesting. I'm kind of like, I'm personally interested in how do what would good advertising then look like? Mm. Um, What do we want to see happen? Mm. Because ultimately, does it take, like I had this chat the other day and someone literally just went, it's all right, we'll just wait for our bosses to die. And I was like, what? Like that's how, Mm. that's you're literally just waiting for people to die out until you can make changes. Sometimes it's a Steve Steve Jobs said that, I think it was Steve Jobs who said that the greatest invention is death in life. Because (laughs) the fact that organizations have to essentially reinvent Mm. themselves and you have to reinvent yourself. Yeah. But but there's this this mind, and that mindset to me was a mindset of, well, we can't make any changes Mm. right now because ultimately things are still controlled by rich white men. Um, I would probably like before Mario j- jumps in. I disagree with that though because people have been saying that about racism for so long. Mm. It's like, oh yeah, you know, prejudices will die out when this old generation dies yeah, out. Yeah, no, yeah. they they it's perpetuate themselves because yeah. people like a, a system. A system doesn't normally just naturally die out if yeah. the, the beneficiaries beneficiaries of it still stand to benefit from it. Yeah. So that's why I'm asking the question. Yeah. So, so how do you cut the heads off these snakes? <laughs> you got to trick them by. By telling them there's loads of money in it. That's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> Real, talk. Real talk. Yeah. Uh, so I think for like good advertising though, as like yeah, I've re- yeah I don't know. Thinking from like a revolutionary standpoint, good advertising is advertising that doesn't need to exist. It's when you are creating a product that people need. You don't need to push it on them. They just want they just want it and they need mm. it. Mm. But that's not capitalism, and that's not the world that we live in at the moment. That is that's Apple, though, no. Well, I don't need no, a new when, iPhone. When, you, when, you, but <laughs> when, when the iPod was first created, That's true. the marketing was done in such a way that it was like, wow, I need this. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's I making, but isn't Mario, made your whole yeah. life dependent on But <laughs> isn't what Mario was saying is like, it's the opposite of that. Like a, a product will should you be able to sell itself. Whereas Apple had to convince us, which they continue to do, mm-hmm. that we need their products. When we actually, if we stop and think, actually, we don't need it. I don't need like the latest yeah. XS. Version, yeah, yeah. yeah. I find that name so funny as well, Excess. Sounds like Excess. We'll, we'll, do you think we'll move more towards like, I guess in the in the similar way to what Galdem's doing, where things are created by people for for themselves and for people? Will that will we move more towards advertising that looks like that? No. No. What? 
No. I think I'm more hopeful, I you, know. Yes, you know. I think yes, because like you guys are an example of this. Like you're creating media for yourself by yourself. Mm. And it's it's for an audience that you recognize and that, you know, was you younger or older or whatever. Um and I think the last like three or four years there's been like a massive explosion mm. of Definitely. kind of like grassroots, not just activism, but like production. Yep. People yeah, people being like content creation. Exactly. Yeah. This isn't for me anymore. So I'm gonna make it whether that's your own like fashion Trust line, mm-hmm. your own like agency, yeah. your own podcast, anything yeah. like that. So I am really hopeful about it. The the stumbling block that I think all of us are gonna come up against is when we get big enough that we need to pay ourselves yeah this is why this is why I say no I, not, okay. not to say I say no but I, I've seen it right that money is a significant um, it can be a, a, a blessing it can be a burden it can be a stumbling block mm. I used to say, Nipsey Hussle on your own masters bro. I knew you were going to say that yeah, it was it. coming it was yeah. coming Victory no lap. no no but, but, but <laughs> um, none of this happens until you have uh, a financially backed ecosystem. None of this happens. This is what I'm saying. None of this happens okay. on 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 a significant scale that can do that can really cut heads off snakes. Okay. None of this happens, bro. Mm. You understand? But That's what I think, innit? What, I, not to say not. I'm not skeptical about it. I I do believe that there is a, a need for people to have different optics. But you know, think of, so, like people are not appealing. Like when when the way I see it is this right. When we look at, there's, there's loads of different mathematical averages, okay? But to an advertiser, to a company, the most important is the mode, mm. which is who is the most prevalent? What's the most important, yeah. Yeah. right? And so until that changes, I, I don't even know how, mm. but until that changes, mm. then why do you even have to change the MO, the daily MO? Sure. There's no reason to. But I think um, as, you know, advertising becomes a lot more diverse, the people that, are the mode, i.e. Mm. yeah, the mode. Um their 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 interaction or at least their um understanding of um representation will evolve. So like people that initially wouldn't their privilege was such that they didn't have to worry about these things, mm. they've become it's they become invested in it because it's appealed to perhaps their moral compass. I don't know. So do you see what I mean? The the the, the sort of zeitgeist, the the um the way that people in general behave and understand things, become more accepting of things, mm. will shift. And you know what? Like I am... Um, I don't know. So I'm, I actually am a diversity and inclusion facilitator and trainer. That's my job, yeah. right? And I go into, you know, some of these big advertising agencies I've been in yeah. and have run this training. And for me, every single time, I'm actually mind blown by when people literally had just never conceived of their levels of privilege. This is, mm. this is my thing. And <laughs> really, honestly, I think the more, and obviously I'm going to plug myself, but the more people like this in this line of work, doing this sort of education in that, in a workspace, mm. there are, and the more agencies that don't ignore their problems, but actually actively seek out, we need people to come in and train us on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the more likely people are to be aware. And then, then at least, even if they don't do anything, yeah. they've made a conscious conscious decision to yeah. ignore the training that they've one had. Of, one of my other problems as well with, with the media um, industry in general is the fact that in terms of how much money media companies make, and this includes kind of tech media and, mm. and telcos, right? So um, they are, they're large, but they're small enough so that no one, like the authorities, like the European Commission or the 
QFIS in the US or SEC or whoever, not SEC, there's different financials, come and say you need to break up. Mm. So, for example, Liberty Media in the US, huge, owned by a guy called John Malone. We all know about Rupert Murdoch's and all, mm. all of his mm. stuff, ultimately. And that's that's the that's the problem, right? Mm. Is that you've got these very, very powerful people who own things. And actually, yeah. it's the fact that they can control things. It's not like, I was actually reading something the other day. Um, the richest person, the richest family in Germany mm. come from what company? What do you think? Reebok. Richest family in Germany are, like own which company? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Lidl, bruv. Okay. I, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it'd be one wow. of the auto companies. Yeah, I, was I thought it'd be like a well. BMW. I thought the Quant family would be up there. It's actually Lidl. What's up Lidl though? Lidl Siftung and then it goes down all the way to Lidl, right? But, okay. Yeah. Do they um, own Audi as well, by the way? I or they... I don't know. I, I, I just I don't know. I don't think Because like, their branding is very similar. But the, anyway. the point being is that when you've got like... Not to say I have an issue with these individuals as such. Maybe Murdoch. But anyway, it's different. But like, like when you've got this kind of John Malone and you've got like... Uh, um, Murdoch, even the Disney family, who you know, it was media Disney Channel, in it like you yeah. saw, so even that it's like, listen, it's hard to cut the heads off these snakes, bruv. So, but I think that's why you need like that's why half of the change is not just us making media for ourselves, yeah. but it's also sharing the wealth and experience within our own communities. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, if we're not invited to the table that already exists, we make our own and we invite our friends along to it and we mm. work with each other, we pay each other. Mm-hmm. Um and that's mm-hmm. how I think, you know, like it it sounds it sounds scarier than it is, but making sure that you keep the wealth where you want it to be is yeah. half of the battle. See, mm. on, on that, I'm just like bringing this up to a close because this is this is sick, man. I'm I'm sitting and learning <laughs> so much. Um Mario, I want you to have like the last word, right? Um <laughs> What is the future? Ooh, the future is Gowden. We're going to run everything. Come on. I think um, the future is kind of taking what's currently happening in mm. culture. But at the moment, cu- pop culture is kind of run by black women. Mm-hmm. If you think about people who are the big names, people who are making art and music. Mm. Um, today, it is people of colour and it is women of colour. But it's making sure that the control and the power also sits with these communities. It's yeah. making sure that people of colour have got the organisations and the institutions to do what they want without it being co-opted or like, mm. translated mm. into something it, it shouldn't be. Mm. Um, and it's, like we said, just bringing our friends along with us, like not making the mistake of um, of the institutions that already exist and keeping wealth within ourselves. It's making mm. sure we're sharing it to the next yeah. generation. For yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you so Gardem like as a collective is huge, right? Mm, yeah. So are you guys like a big family then? Or is it like Yeah, it's we have we have monthly meetings where we all meet together. How, How many are there? Yeah. It's, it's so big. in the wow. editorial team there's about like well, people who come to the editors meeting there's like no more than 15, I think. But in terms of regular writers, sub-editors, illustrators, everyone, there's, yeah, like in the, in the hundreds. Photo, I was like, how wow. Yeah, the party talk? photos are so many. There's like so, so many. 30, so many. 30, 35 people. It's like a school photo. Yeah, yeah it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> we have like, we, we do things like we have like Slack groups um, yeah. and we use social media a lot. But one of the big things that we try to do is make sure that... Um, as much as we are like a big family, mm. we're, all, we're all friends, we all get along. Mm. Um, no one's going to stay in any role too long. So like I recently mm. moved out of an editor role into the marketing role because a big part of it is we're trying to make sure that 
we don't go stale. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. New voices mm. need to come in um, mm. and we need to offer the opportunity for other young women to get experience editing a section of a magazine yeah. on their own. That's great, man. Mm. I can't Large up proper, you lot, yeah, man. Honestly, proper, so, I want to collaborate. Oh. When I hear this work, every time I'm like, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's so nice because I've become like that older cousin in my family to my little cousin mm. now because yeah. she's like 14. And yeah. It's so nice that she lives in a world where she can see things created by people that look like yeah, her. Yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. Sick. Big up girl then, man. Yeah. Hey. Thank you so much, Mario. <laughs> Honestly, this yeah. has been a, yeah. an amazing. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? So on Instagram and Twitter, Twitter we are at galdemzine. Online, we are gal-dem.com. And you can email anyone from the Galdem team with our first name at galdem.com. Cool. That's what sweet. about you? What do people want to find? You? Oh, I have Don't become be. jaded and <laughs> <laughs> I have shut down my social media. Of course, yeah. uh, But you can, yeah, yeah, where's it gone? It used to be everyday yeah. posting. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, Marielle, no. Yeah. Marielle, no. What happened? Yeah. I haven't seen you Marielle, in a while. Marielle, I started to realize <laughs> that like the art I was making was influenced by what I was consuming oh, on yeah, social media. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, let me just cut that yeah. out for a bit. I hear that. But if you really do want to contact me, it's marielle at galdem.com or marielleno.com. Yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Thank um, you. Listeners, if you want to contact us, you know the, the socials Twitter, Instagram, at OTB Podcast UK. Um, email us at OTB Podcast UK at gmail.com. Um, it'd be great to keep this conversation going. I think this has been an incredible episode and I've really enjoyed having you, Mario. Yeah, it's Thank, been you great. So Thank you so much. Thank I've you. enjoyed it too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> great. Take- our, our families will be so happy now, man. Like, we started off the. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, to be friends. No, I did tell my dad, and he was very excited. Oh, <laughs> listen, when my dad listens to this episode, he's going to be he's gonna be gasped, man. What's up, everybody? Oh, Mario. Cambridge Black Revolution happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your days, guys. Thank you for listening.